Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to USTA Florida's Here to Serve podcast. My name is Laura Bowen, and I'm the executive director at USTA Florida. And today we have a super interesting and really hot topic here in Florida tennis to cover. We're going to talk about how to bring new coaches into the game. And I have three superstars joining me here today to help us talk about this challenge and what we're doing to solve it. First up, I have Chuck Gill. Chuck is director at large on a USTA Florida board, but he also is the director of tennis at Wellington Tennis Center down in South Florida. Welcome, Chuck. Thanks, Laura. I also have Frank Swope. Frank is the director of tennis management here at USTA Florida, where he oversees our managed facilities. Welcome back to the podcast, Frank. Thanks, Laura. Appreciate it. And last, but certainly never least, we have Phil Girardi. Phil Girardi is the president-elect of USTA Florida, and he also is the director of tennis at Treasure Bay over on the west coast of the state. So welcome, Phil. It's, glad, it's great to have you back on the podcast, too. Uh, thanks to, here, to be here with you guys and uh, looking forward to this. So Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, taking the time to do this. And I want to just jump right in because we have a lot to cover on uh, this topic. And my first question for each of you is I'd just like you to give us a sense of the challenges that each of you are having at your public tennis centers right now when it comes to finding people to deliver entry level programs. And Phil, I thought I'd start with you. All right. Well, um, after the pandemic or even during the pandemic, you know, we, we lost um, some of our teachers um, and then we had one that decided not to come back. And all of a sudden, uh, as the pandemic went along, all of a sudden tennis started booming. Uh, we started just getting more people out to the courts. It became the, the sport to play. And then, but it was very hard to try to find those people to come out and, and actually be those entry-level coaches. Um, I was there along with my assistant and one other, but uh, when you're talking about bringing a bunch of kids in or, or some new adults, it's, you know, you need extra hands out there. And with the current job market situation as well, it was very, it's been, just been very hard to try to get help in to uh, to get it done and, and help that would know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, Chuck, I want I want to turn to you because um, I want to know you, you're in a very different area than Phil is. And I want to hear your perspective. Was that sort of a similar process for you and what you saw at Wellington? Or do you guys have different challenges and things happening there? No, absolutely. It was almost like the perfect storm for needing coaches. On one hand, we had this demand for people that wanted to exercise outside and wanted to, you know, they weren't able to go to their gyms. They weren't able to go to their CrossFits. They weren't able to do their cycling programs. And there was this crazy demand for people to do something outside. So there was never a time where we needed more coaches for entry-level players. Um, before this even happened, the pandemic, I think most people would realize that we had a shortage of good coaches. Mm -hmm. And consequently, a lot of the better coaches all like to coach the better players. And a lot of people that run facilities, they, they, they wrongly think that, well, 
I'll get my beginner coaches or my entry-level coaches to coach the entry-level players because the entry-level players don't know what's going on and they won't know the difference necessarily. We desperately needed and still need good, well-trained entry-level coaches that can introduce tennis to beginners. And while beginners don't always know the difference between a coach, they do know two things. They know if they're getting better and they know if they're having fun. And if you're missing on those two fronts, you're probably not going to um, get the player engaged and get them into the game. So. Well, I will say, um, Chuck, I'm, I can still consider myself a, a beginner and we, we can debate that, but um, you were the most fun lesson I've ever had. So thank well, you so much. <laughs> well, there you have it. I was going to say, you know, we really can't dive into the talent you have and how much potential you have, but it's okay. <laughs> But you made it fun, so uh, I really appreciate that. And you, you know, got better. The video will show you got better. I, I did get better. You you fixed a couple of really important things, so thank you. Um, Frank, heading over to you, you know, we have three facilities in very different areas of the state. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the challenges that we're having when it comes to finding people to deliver tennis at those facilities? Sure. I mean, we're experiencing the same things. And as Chuck said, it's not really new news that we've needed coaches to come into the industry and, and help. But it's really been an emphasis and come to light that the consumers are now finding tennis again more. New players, beginners, families, all those people that were, you know, over the last year and a half have been coming out and, and either finding or refinding tennis as a great experience. Uh, you know, it just at, at the facilities we have and in the areas we have many things going on, uh, you know, that's what I hear from each of the the uh, providers out there. And for us ourselves, as you know, Laura, we're, we're missing coaches. And uh, I think this program is going to create a, a great opportunity for us to be able to try to help that niche and bring bring coaches into the field. So we've identified this problem, which is not a new problem. One of the things I love about USTA Florida is we're sort of doers here. We're problem solvers and doers. That's kind of our makeup and our DNA. And Phil and Chuck, I have a question for you. You know, the idea that we really needed to jump in as an organization and address these challenges actually came from the board. It didn't come from the staff. It wasn't something that we developed. Could you tell us from your perspective why you felt it was so important for our organization to really dig in and find some type of solution? And, and Phil, I'll start with you again, if you don't mind. Okay, well, uh, we were <laughs> on a board call <laughs> and um, we were, it was right before summer camps were getting ready to go. And uh, I was looking for, I had gotten a few volunteers and some high school players and maybe a couple college players that decided they were going to help us with the summer camp. We have um, our own camp wasn't that big, but we also helped cover a city camp where we do tennis. And uh, I, I was trying to find some type of training uh, for them to go to. And it was a little frustrating because we could not find anywhere to send them. We ended up doing our own training in house with these, these coaches. But at the same time, I was getting uh, calls from other centers in our area wanting to know, Hey, are your girls around from my, my college team? You know, would they be interested in, in coming out and helping? And unfortunately they were still out of town because they leave for the summer. And, you know, I was hearing from other centers. And so when we were on the board call, um, you know, we were, there was a lot of talk about need for entry level coaches. 
and we started talking about um, you know what we were going to do in 2022 and I think you know I between Chuck and I and, and maybe Marcelo and we started talking and it was like there was a definite need now and because they're the people and the demand is out there now for this so um, you know after a couple phone calls and um, um, Chuck was was gracious to to, to bring me down a little bit because I was a little frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, it, it, you know, this is how it came about. And I'm just, you know, ecstatic that this has happened in such a short time. And, and it's not out there yet. So USTA Florida looks like we're stepping up to the challenge. You know, Chuck, I wanted to get your take because I, I feel like how things come about, you know, we have a lot of difficult conversations here. And I think part of this podcast is giving people a window into those, you know, when we had that board call and it was sort of like, who's, who's solving this problem? What perspective did did you have on the role that USTA Florida can play here? Well, um, I will echo Phil and thank uh, Phil, because I think we talked each other off the ledge, but (laughs) <laughs> One of the things about our board is that we're, we're pretty loaded with doers and people that are right in the trenches actually providing tenants. So between Phil, Marcelo, um, Rita, certainly Rita and, and myself, we, we've got people that are living this. And we felt it was important that we do something as a group because while the, the USPTA and the industry is all about raising the standards for professionals. We didn't really see the, the sense of urgency to, to recruit and hire and, and train entry-level coaches. And that's what we basically needed. And, and coming from a private club world from 25 years and moving into a public park, you know, that, that's really where tennis has grown. And that's where you have the biggest upside to get more new players in. So we really weren't seeing, we're not seeing enough uh, emphasis on getting entry-level coaches to coach entry-level players and not just have entry-level coaches, but have really well-trained coaches. Yeah. So that kind of came from all of us talking and saying, we've got to do something. And if we sit around and wait longer for anyone else to do it for us, maybe it won't happen as quickly as we need it to happen. So you know, we, we, we went back and forth. So I think we're on the right track now. And I think we're probably going to start getting some things done. Yeah. And so, you know, what's interesting is we had this group um, and you mentioned several of the board members were very blessed that our board members are doers and out there and engaged every day in what's happening in tennis. And then we also had some other rock stars that are working in the public park space like Wendy Tatum um, and then several of our staff who've really been trying to figure out how do we address this problem and we came to the office in July and we just sort of like threw everything we had on the table and said here's all the things you know how do we put this together when we came up with this this uh, community coach pilot program And so, Frank, I wanted to turn to you because I know you and your team have been kind of working to put the pieces together. Can you talk a little bit about what the pilot program is and why it may be different than things that we've done previously? 
Uh, sure, I'm happy to. I mean, we've, we've got a few things listed here, but you know, first and foremost, we're connecting initial training with on-the-job real work. So, importantly, and uh, it, it's not an abstract idea. You know, it's really putting facilities in need with trainees that can get the proper training as as we're working on, and and be paid to work. So it's really a combination of things that are going to help put this together that work well for both. So it's a win-win and then the and then the tennis public and playing consumer is going to benefit from this as well in each of their communities so i think it's a real strong effort for the pilot program so far and we're, we're working on it and going forward uh, i think importantly also that the training is tailored to what the facility needs so if chuck or phil or wendy or someone else that's in the pilot program that we're working with needs red ball or they need somebody for beginner adults or another program that we offer in the adaptive space or or anything uh, of that nature they can specify that so that you know the trainings are flexible that if there's somebody that's in need at a facility in, in Wellington um, they can get trained differently than somebody for over at, at Phil's spot if they need to at Treasure Bay so uh, I think that is another aspect which really has a lot of a fruitful effort in, involved there. And uh, the coaches can get hands-on membership, I mean, uh, or uh, mentorship, excuse me, because I think we in the industry and, and, and in any industry can appreciate that mentorship aspect, whether we've been a mentor or a mentee, and most people have been in their careers both over some period of time so to be able to work with somebody that can help them and learn and guide them uh, to to a future um, you know and be involved on both sides of that it's also very important um, so then to add to that you know we're providing a stipend to the coaches during their trainer and, and mentorship uh, uh, period so that when they are in this learning period and they're helping a facility and and learning a, a skill that they may not have had before or improving a skill that they've demonstrated uh, you know valuable for the facility that it's again it's just so important to be able to to have them involved and pay them so that they understand that it that that relationship can prosper so it's it's really really a great opportunity for both the facility and again the the, the mentee or potential coach to be able to track the hours, I think is another valuable in, piece of input and information that we can provide from each facility so that we know who's receiving these and now they can potentially even move forward from there. And of course we can, as you mentioned earlier, Laura, you know, to be able to provide the feedback from each of the facilities is so valuable for us to be able to conceive and, and, uh, be able to operate and perhaps even change these as we move forward. Uh, improvement is a value to everyone. So that, you know, at our, each of our facilities and, and, and people that are involved in this, they are those movers and shakers who are trying to improve our industry. Happy to have the feedback in every regard. And I just think it's a, a thing of beauty when we can provide those aspects of the uh, program. That's a great overview. And I think the feedback part is why this is a pilot program. We know some of the things we try are going to work and some yeah. aren't and getting the direct feedback that says, Hey, this part really worked well. And maybe we need to change this up, uh, gives us a, an opportunity to tweak it and 
do it better. You know, Chuck, you gave us the initial model for this program from using your high school and college students to assist the pros to run programs at Wellington. So can you tell us a little bit about how that is working and maybe how it's evolving there? Yeah, it, 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 it's something I kind of inherited when I came over and I, I'd have to give kudos to the village because they, they do a really good job of engaging the local high school kids in helping teach other sports and teach younger kids. So I actually inherited a program where some of my high school kids that play on the high school team are junior assistants. And they do a really good job in assisting our, our certified coaches in delivering tennis to the younger kids. And they actually help with some of our beginner programs and our cardio tennis and some of our other programming just to be extra people and bodies on the court and hitters. Um, that said, I, I saw a little bit of a need to expand it even more and get more training to this uh, to these entry-level coaches because, you know, a lot of the kids are going to play high school tennis. They're going to go off to college, and they're at some point going to lose interest. But a lot of them are going to teach tennis in college in the summers at our summer camps, and some of them might even – be into the pathway where they might decide they want to actually teach tennis for a living at some point. Whatever they're doing, we, we certainly owe it to them to allow them to be better at their jobs they have now and to really train them better and to have um, better tools for them to be better at delivering tennis to beginners, especially beginner kids. Because when you get a, a, a new kid on the court and they develop bad habits and they're just out there, you know, kind of out there, that's certainly a lot different than teaching the kids how to execute a proper unit turn and the proper grip and proper footwork patterns. And, you know, imagine this, the kids get better when the instruction is better. So we, we had a program and we're getting better at it. We actually expanded it a little bit more recently where um, some of the better kids that come in our second ball and our second group, our yellow ball, um, some of the better kids who are really good at communicating and they might be uh, sophomores, juniors in high school, we'll let them be assistants for the smaller kids, for the younger kids, for the red ball in exchange for getting them into our program and helping them with a little coaching during the yellow ball program. So it's just starting. We're putting a few kids in the program and seeing how it works, but it seems to be working well. So training is the key. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I love that peer-to-peer -peer model. And we've talked about that even with beginner adults is having seasoned adult players. You know, we've reached out to some of our higher level league league players and had a lot of success in some areas of saying, hey, do you want to do you want to help coach a love to learn, love to play program? And, you know, a lot of them raise their hands and say, yes, I'd, I'd totally be willing to do that. Yeah, I think the thing that I that I've seen is the the pro community, the coaching associations get a, a little bit, um, you know, a, a little bit um, put off that hey, we're supposed to be teaching, we're supposed to be the teachers and teachers, and they're absolutely right. They're supposed to be the primary instructors, but there's no problem in having other people supplement what they're doing. And let's just make the umbrella bigger so we can touch more people and get better um, and get better hands on helping beginners get a better experience because until we get a real, real uh, critical mass of certified coaches that know how to deliver programs to uh, beginners, this is probably about as good as we can do. 
It's funny. I had a former colleague who used to say all the time, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. And I always love that. It sticks in the back of my mind of like, sometimes you have to start somewhere and it's not going to be perfect. It's not the ideal situation, but it gets you closer to the ideal. So Phil, you know, I wanted to turn to you because one of the other hats you wear is you're the coach of a women's tennis team. Go Titans. Yeah. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you if you see this type of program being a way to maybe recruit some of, you know, college tennis players to coach or even just college students in general to come into coaching. Well, and that's been happening for years. Uh, I'm just going to go back to the old, our junior team tennis programs. Um, every summer we would have our sectionals. And if I had college players in town, they were the captains for a lot of our teams. So we send six teams. You can't, I couldn't captain every one. So I would get them to help captain and what better they, they know the team concept. They know, you know, and they've been through it. Um, so, and, but it's not just them. There's a, you know, I've used, and I'm still using um, college you know, students that, you know, know something about tennis, took tennis when they were juniors. They they know how they've lived it. So they're some of the easiest to, to get out there and just give them the right guidance. So uh, that's a vast pool of, of of bodies that can be available for those, you know, four years there in college to help us out. And if you give them the right training or if you help you know mold them it's a lot easier if you just set them out there of course and they don't know what they're doing then you know they're old enough not to want to do that you know what i mean so um and like i said every summer and i can show you emails and whatever they're con- there are places constantly asking college coaches for their players to come help coach summer programs so uh, you know I'm on the national collegiate committee and on that one of the, this same topic has come up as far as how do we recruit some of these players to be coaches? So everybody's working on this, but that's a, a, a big group. And, uh, they, what I like also from my team, I get some players from all over the world. They'll show me some things that they're doing with their kids in another country I'll, I'll pick that up and we'll put that in our program, you know, know, some of the drills, some of the games, you know, I'm always getting new stuff from them. So it's, um, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a big group of players and a big group of kids that, um, or young adults that would do wonders for our sport. So I have one more question for you guys. Um, we have this tendency in the the industry to kind of sort of say this group should be doing this, not this group or this group, you know, this is their job. And so I wanted to really ask this group because you all are involved in a lot of different organizations in our industry. Do you think it is important or how important is it that every organization in the tennis industry really do this type of active work of recruiting, training, and mentoring new coaches right now? Do you see this as a role that we all have to play? What are your thoughts on this? Um, and I'd like to start with you, Frank. You, you've been around a long time, and you've been involved in a lot of different organizations. And Frank's I- been around a long time. 
Uh, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, right. That's that's. Well, Frank, Frank looks young. Uh, he has a ton of experience and I always appreciate Frank. You bring such a great measured perspective to what we're doing. So I do really want to hear your thoughts on how important you think this is. Well, I, I think it's critical. And I, and I think that the uh, teaching organizations and the player organizations and everything over these last number of years, not just recently, have come together more. And, and I feel that synergy a bit. Um, however, you know, we're really in a, in a consumer demand situation where supply has really outstripped the demand uh, more than ever. And tennis is again on a, on a high growth path. And so uh, pleasantly to understand. So I think it's critical. I think what's important about this program and our board and our people that are involved in this project overall is that, you know, it's something of immediacy. We're getting it off the ground now. We're talking about the pilot parts of this program through October, November, um, and we'll get some results for that and be able to work from there going forward. Um, and improve. I think flexibility is a real key that everybody has talked about today and that we always talk about when we're together as a group is how to approach this situation. It may not be a one size fits all. It's probably going to be multiple sizes, multiple efforts um, and key factors. So I think it really will be incumbent upon you know all the organizations to, to get on this on the train here. Chuck, you're up next. What are your thoughts on how important is it for every organization in the tennis industry to really own this particular work? Um, I think it's extremely important. I think every association, every tennis organization needs to own this to some extent. You know, the problem with tennis as a sport, while it's a great sport to play and it's a great sport to um, compete and participate in, it's not always an easy sport to learn initially. I think that's why you will have a large amount of active players and the the sport has always had the leaky bucket. It's always had people that leave and then people that enter and we need more people trying and playing tennis. The, the other problem is with the alphabet suit between all of the different associations, there is no commissioner of tennis. But I think if there were a commissioner of tennis that oversaw the growth of the sport, they would be a couple of things that would be done that are that are not done particularly well now. One is you would have an army of entry-level teachers everywhere. Mm -hmm. At every public park, at every private facility, you would have a literal army of diverse men and women who deliver the sport. You would also have someone to make sure that those jobs were meaningful, sustainable, and attractive to, to people. And it's everybody's job. It's everybody's job to get on the same page and make sure that for the growth of the sport and the good of the sport, we have new entry level players, we have waves of them, and then we have very qualified people teaching them and someone to keep their hand on the pulse of making sure that these jobs are sustainable. So you have more and more coaches that are candidly, you know, making a living and doing well so that they keep doing it. I think it's everybody's job. Awesome. Phil, you you get to bring us home here with your thoughts. Well, um, this is the future of tennis, um, period, because out of these entry level coaches is the next generation of pros out there. And, you know, we've been working for a long time on 
what the, that next generation of pros is going to look like. And but there wouldn't be a next generation of pros if they don't start somewhere. So I truly think this is probably maybe one of the most important programs that USTA Florida has. And I know we talked about this the other day. I, I, I truly believe this is it. This is the future. You know, a few years back, we were working at how do we save tennis? Okay. There was talk in the industry. How do you save tennis? You know, circumstances have gone in our favor and now we have a lot more players. Now how we have the real tools now to try to plan what the future of tennis is going to be. And without these entry level coaches um, and by entry level, it's not just teaching the entry level because what Chuck was saying earlier, I think is, is so true. I think the good pros need to be hands-on with entry-level players. So maybe entry-level coaches is just early learning coaches, you know, in their development. So I think having that base of coaches has to be there so you can, those next pros will arise because we're going to be retired soon. So, you know, you're looking for that next group. So I think it, this is extremely important. And from the talk in the industry, everybody wants to talk again and everybody knows what the problems are. It's now will everybody come together? And again, like I was saying the other day, Lake Nona. OK, there it is. You know, everybody came to Lake Nona for a reason. So I know USTA Florida is going to step up to the plate. We're going to put these trainings in place. It would be fantastic to have the partnerships with everybody else that's there, everybody in Hilton Head, everybody in tennis, in the college, you know, ITA in that area. Um, but at least I know we're getting it going. That's an amazing point to end on. And I can't thank the three of you enough for your leadership uh, in this effort. I think, you know, like I said, this podcast is really meant to give people a window into the conversations that we have. And I think you guys captured all the conversations that we really have been having, um, some of the difficult ones we've been having for the last three months. And just very grateful to the three of you for being wonderful leaders, wonderful doers, uh, much appreciated. And thank you all for the time that you spent today on this podcast and the time you will spend doing this pilot program. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks again. For those of you who are listening to the audio only version of this podcast, feel free to hop on over to USTA Florida's Facebook page or Instagram, where you can catch the full video version. You can learn more about our new community coach pilot program at USTAflorida.com slash community coach. And you can see all episodes of the Here to Serve podcast, including upcoming topics and dates at USTAflorida.com slash here to serve. Thanks for tuning in and have a wonderful day.